Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Well, this morning is the beginning of a new year, and uh, being in a new building, it could be the beginning of a whole new area of growth for the church. I mean, certainly that's what I'm hoping and praying for. And I just want to look this morning at a passage in Joshua chapter 24. And I'm going to start reading from verse 1. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges and the officials of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your forefathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the river and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the river and led him throughout Canaan, and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but to Jacob and his sons they went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your fathers out of Egypt, you came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help. And he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then... You lived in the desert for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites, who lived to the east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them before you, and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel... He sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to put a curse on you. But I wouldn't listen to Balaam, so he blessed you again and again. In fact, that's a remarkable story. You might want to read that one later. But they send a prophet out to curse Israel. And every time he opens his mouth, he ends up blessing them. He can't curse them. It's a wonderful story. Look that one up. Sorry? Oh, I'd have to look it up, but it's, it's in the book. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I gave them into your hands. I sent a hornet ahead of you, 
which drove them out before you. Also, two Amorite kings. You didn't do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you the land on which you did not toil and the cities you did not build. And you live in them and eat from the vineyards and the olive groves that you did not plant. Now, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your forefathers worship beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day who you will serve. Whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Let's just look at some background for this, just to put it in context. Joshua has taken over the mantle of leading the people of God. He's taken that mantle on from Moses, who's now died. Israel's crossed the river Jordan. It's taken on the occupants of that land in battle after battle. And in the most part, but not quite all, they forced them out. From their perspective, they'd entered the promised land. Jericho has fallen. They've suffered defeat when they tried to do things in their own strength. But then A has been destroyed. They were deceived by the Gibeonites and cursed by them. They've seen God slaughter their enemies with giant hailstones. They've even seen on one particular day the sun stand still in the sky. They conquered city after city and they defeated king after king. And then they began to settle and they divided up the land and they allocated it amongst the tribes. They set up cities of refuge and they set up the towns for the priests and the Levites. And then those tribes who wanted to remain to the east of the Jordan went home because the land had been won and they had fulfilled their promise. And now we get to a point where Joshua is getting old. He's getting long in the tooth and he gathers his leaders together and he reminds them of the commission that God had given them. And he also reminds them of the perils of going astray. And that's actually what he reminds the leaders in chapter 23 before this passage. And he actually tells his leaders, I'm going to die soon. My days are numbered. And then, almost as a final act, he gathers all the people together and he challenges them. Now, I find it a little remarkable that with everything these people had been through, that they needed a challenge like this. If God had wiped out all your enemies, 
If God had taken out of existence everyone who seemed to oppose you in such a dramatic way as with giant hailstones, would you forget in a hurry? If you'd seen the sun stand still and extend the daylight hours when it was needed, would you have forgotten? But the simple fact is, we are often far too quick to forget what God does for us. So here we see Joshua taking the time to remind people of everything that God has done. He goes back several generations, because you have to remember, the people who are living in the promised land now, none of them were alive when, when the people left Egypt. None of the people who left Egypt entered the promised land. But he starts further back than that. Not even just with Moses, but he goes back to Terah, the father of Abraham. And when I looked at this passage and, and thought about it, I thought, it's a new year, it's a new venue. It's a time to just reflect and remember. But then Joshua goes on and he takes another step. Having got them to reminisce and remember over everything that God had done for them, he then challenges them. In verse 14 he says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And then in verse 15, he goes on, having laid out that challenge, he gives them a choice. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, choose for yourself this day who you will serve. Whether the gods of your forefathers, the gods of the Amorites, choose for yourself. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And as usual, as we expect from Joshua, he led by example. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And then he just waits. He waits for a response. And in verse 16... The people respond and it says, Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt from that land of slavery, who performed the great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we travelled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. So we got a response. The, the people said... We recognise what God has done 
and we will serve him. But Joshua wasn't happy. Now, you know, you might have thought, he'd laid it all out before them. He'd reminded them what God had done. He'd challenged them. He'd given them a choice. And then he got the response that I'm sure he was waiting for. We will serve the Lord. But he didn't stop there. He wasn't satisfied. He knew what these people were like. He'd been with them through thick and thin. So actually, he took the time to lay out the cost of following God. When you read the passage, it's almost like he was trying to put them off. Because it goes on and he says, Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He's a holy God. He is a jealous God. He won't forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you. After all, he has been good to you. And then he double-checked their commitment. And the people said, no, we will serve the Lord. That's in verse 21. But you know what? Joshua still wasn't satisfied. He still had in the back of his mind what these people were like. So he asked them to look around at who was saying they would serve the Lord and act as witnesses to each other. It says in verse 22, Then Joshua said, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. And the people replied, Yes, we are witnesses. He did that so that if anyone later changed their mind, there were plenty of people who knew what they'd said who could challenge them. And then finally, as we look at this passage, he demanded action. In verse 23 he says, Now then, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. When I looked at what happened in this passage, I just thought, it is a wonderful way for us to start the year. So let's just remember We won't go back too many generations, but we'll go back to perhaps before you were here in Doncaster. It was God who prompted Malk and Heather to go to Stoney Bible Week in 2001 and to encourage Chris and Jackie to go with them. It was he who put stirrings in their heart to see a vibrant, charismatic church established in Doncaster. Is that right? It was that same God who gave them the perseverance to travel to Leeds for three years until the time was right. 
Do we believe that? It was him who prompted Morwenna and I to move from Bedford. It was through his hand that we have seen salvation. We have seen healings. We have seen freedom brought to captives. We have seen disciples growing in maturity. We have seen people developing and using the gifts of the Spirit. And we have seen others brought to us. And we can name some of them. There are people in this room today who have been saved because of the activities of people in this fellowship. Is that right? Yeah. Well, they're agreeing, so it must be right. There are people in this room now who have seen healing. Is that right? Do we know that? There are people who have left behind oppression and legalism and are now walking in freedom. Is that true? There are people who are more developed in their walk with God than perhaps they even were a year ago. Yeah? There are people who are now freer and beginning to exercise the gifts that God has given them through his Holy Spirit. And we've had examples of that this morning. And we have people in this room who weren't with us a year ago. Is that true? I'm glad they agree too. remember it's good to remember because sometimes we can feel like a small church that nothing's happened in the past year but actually a lot has happened in the past year if we just care to remember and we have a challenge before us we have a challenge to build this church with care with diligence and following God's leading. And like other years, I've done something just to help us keep our eyes on the ball. Just to remember where we're going as the year goes through. And to be different this year, we've done them as bookmarks. Because then you can put them in your Bible or in another book that you use and just use it and remind yourself. Now, it is a bit like Blue Peter... This is one I prepared earlier. Okay? They come in threes. Okay? So you can have fun when you get home cutting them out. Now who's up for that? Are you safe with a pair of scissors? Well, oh, well if you're not sure, see Eve. Do you want to pass those round, Eve? And uh, take one, take two, whatever you feel you want. But let's just remind ourselves of what God, we believe God has called us to do. I believe he has called us to build a large town-wide church which is God-centred, Bible-based and spirit-filled. Are you with me on that? I think that church should be friendly, should be full of life and should be relevant. You still agree? I believe that we should be seeing midweek groups in every area of the town. 
in the future. I believe that the members of those groups should be seeking to share their relationship with Jesus with other people. I believe that we will be developed as a resource centre to train disciples, plant other churches and advance God's kingdom. Are you still with me? I believe that will be in Doncaster, in Yorkshire, in the north of England, other parts of the UK and across the world. Amen? Or is that getting a bit big now? (laughs) And I believe that where appropriate, we are called to work with and support other like-minded churches. Because we are a body of Christ together. So that's the challenge. Are you up for that? So what's the cost? Let's just lay out the cost. If we're going to see this church built, there's a cost. Our time and energy. We need to get stuck in. Because a church, believe it or not, doesn't build itself. It's God that builds a church. But actually, he uses us. And we need to be willing labourers and get stuck in when needed. Because people need to hear the gospel. The cost is our commitment. What does this mean for you? Ask God, what should this mean for me? I just encourage you, put off apathy. Commit to be here regularly, unless there's a good reason. You know, sometimes you're away for a weekend or gone on holiday. That's absolutely fine. I don't want you to be under legalism. But actually, let's show commitment. We've been hearing this morning of those in Kenya and Pakistan who face persecution. Now, we don't face anything like them in this country, but you could face ridicule. You could get some opposition from someone you work with. You could get struck with arrows of apathy or embarrassment or negativity, or worthlessness, or sickness. So there is a cost. And I believe as well, there's a cost of time in prayer. Because prayer needs to be paramount. If you look in Ephesians 6, Moena read out of Ephesians 6 this morning, about the armour of God. Having encouraged us to put on the full armour of God, Paul continues. He says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Now the saints means other believers. So what's it saying? 
It's saying we should be continually being watchful for ourselves and for each other and praying. On all occasions, with all kinds of prayers. And one of the earliest prophecies over us as a group planting this church was that the church would be built on a base of prayer and prophecy. And we need to make sure that is a strong base. And there's another cost. It's a cost we don't talk about very often. But it's the one of financial giving. This, cost, this hall is costing us more than where we were in school. If we really want to have an impact on the community around, we need to spend some money. I'll just ask you to bear that in mind. That is part of the cost for being committed to this vision. So are we still up for this? Now at this point, Joshua called for witnesses. If you are wholeheartedly behind this vision, I just want to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask you to look around and I want you to be witnesses. No, there's no one sat down. Which is good. Because it could have been very embarrassing at this point. But actually, I want you to be witnesses this morning of those who have said, I am wholeheartedly behind this. So that when one of us struggles, we can gently get alongside each other and just say, do you remember what you promised? Do you remember what God said to you? Do you remember what you felt about the importance of building a church that reflects New Testament values in Doncaster? So you can sit down again. So here we are. We're at the start of a new year. We're meeting in a new area. And over the next few weeks and months, we're going to start doing more to make ourselves known in the surrounding community. We're going to be looking at advertising, about doing leaflets door to door, about holding some fun days for the community, some guest services. I'd like people to think as well about things like prayer walking, whether there's anything the ladies can do midweek in the area, something we'll have to explore. But I want us all to be willing to do our part. Paul writes to Timothy in, uh, in 2 Timothy 1, and I'm starting to read from verse 6. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, 
of love and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. It's all part of God's eternal plan. One of the things I talked about was the need to be fervent in prayer. And on the back of these cards, there's a list of things that I'd really like to encourage you to be praying for regularly. For growth. That we would see people saved and added. That those who are already saved but hungry for God might come and find us. And for people who are moving into the area. For evangelism, for Alpha, for Front Edge, for guest meetings, for our contacts, for social events, and for the community at large. That our meetings would always be God-centred, that his presence would be with us. Because actually, that is what affects people more than anything else, meeting face-to-face with God. For increased participation and for spiritual gifts. For our members to be growing in maturity, to be full of faith, to be walking in freedom, and particularly to be free in worship, to be passionate about Jesus, to be fanned into flame. I can't wait for the day when actually everyone here is just blazing. Because they are using the gift that God has put in them to its full. For them to have willing hearts to be open to God. And particularly to pray for our young people and children. To pray that we would see more signs and wonders. Healing, breakthrough where there's difficult areas and miracles. For the practical things, for the finances and the resources to do everything we're called to do. And then I stuck one on the end. Can you pray that as you just meet with your friends, with your colleagues, those you work with, that you will have divine appointments? What I mean by that, there was a book, I think it was by Larry Tomzak some years ago, and it was called Divine Appointments. And he just talked about how he would start his day by saying, give me today, God, an opportunity to talk to someone about you. And as he prayed that, more and more sincerely, as time went past, he found amazing things happen during his day. People would walk up to him and open up conversations that he would not have wanted to get into by opening them up himself. And it's a divine appointment. When someone walks up to you and says, tell me something about the church you go to. Why is it so important to you? 
I've got a problem and I don't know where to go with it. Will you pray with me? Just pray. Just pray that God will give you divine appointments with the people you bump into every day. It takes the fear away. Because if someone comes to you and says, will you pray with me? You're not, they're not going to be offended when you say yes. Are they? Well, they might be, but they'll be hard pushed to be. So you're still with me? You know the cost. You've heard the challenge. We've looked at the past. Are you saying, yeah, I'm going to serve the Lord? Because that's what we're talking about. It's not about me. It's about what God's calling us to do together. I'm just going to ask you to stand because I want us just to be open to God for a moment and, uh, and to pray. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk.